Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Alisson had cold feet, but Phil Foden was on fire and Liverpool's hopes of retaining the title have potentially gone up in smoke. Hello and welcome to the Gagan Press, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. My name is Andrew Headspeeth. Over the next half an hour, we're dissecting exactly what went wrong yesterday and where the Reds can go from here. As always, I'm joined by the toppest of top Reds. Well, I don't know. Are you still a top Red after all yeah. this, Purds? It's Mr. Yeah. Alex Purdy, of course. It's been so long. I've just got to wear that badge now. The toppest of top Reds. Forever. <laughs> Cling on to it, yeah. please. Uh, all right. And also, we are, of course, joined by uh, the wonderful, the BBC's Emma Sanders. How are you, Emma? Yeah, all right. <laughs> <I think. laughs> Is that the best you can muster, really? Should we try that again? Yeah. How are you, Emma? <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. I had the best weekend of my life. Better. Fine. Thank you. And uh, finally, a special guest. Uh, let's call it an emergency signing. It is, of course, uh, the Anfield Raps, Lizzie Doyle. Pleasure to have you on. How are you, Lizzie? Sorry, it's this week we have to... Oh, know. honestly, if only Clough was a side in Silver, you know, I might have been able to make everything better by now. We would have been rid of the league, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I just called you our emergency signing. Would you rather be Ben Davis or Ozan Kabak for the purpose Kabak. of this podcast? Kabak. All day. Kabak all day. <laughs> that was quick. Straight in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I meant to mention this last week, but I forgot that if you put Oz and Kabak into Google Translate, it comes out as Poet Pumpkin, which I thought is really nice. Wow. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I'm um, totally going to do that. Yeah. Uh, but all right, let's get straight into it then. Liverpool 1, Manchester City 4, third home defeat on the bounce. We debated last week whether this game was must win or mustn't lose. Um, in the end, we probably would have taken a, a pretty terrible uh, draw. Emma, talk us through your your thoughts and uh, your experience of Sunday. Uh, well, it was one of those where I said last week on the pod I thought it was a must win. I wasn't surprised as such that obviously Liverpool were defeated because Manchester City had been playing really well recently. They just seemed to be a machine who, you know, just keep picking up results at the moment. So I wouldn't say I was surprised, but I think the manner of the defeat was perhaps more surprising. Um, I don't think anyone would have predicted Alisson, you know, making the mistakes that he did and, you know, the manner in which they scored. So that was probably the most disappointing thing. Um, The experience of watching the game, I was probably quite lucky that I missed like the first 40 minutes because... Um, I was actually on my way back from uh, from another game I was working on with work. So, uh, yeah. I, I would say you missed only... the wrong half, though. I think the first half yeah. was probably the half you did want to watch. <laughs> yeah, I was I was trying to avoid saying that, but thanks to Andy. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but at least I had sort of, you know, 40 minutes less of the whole experience. That's the way I'm looking at it. I mean, that's I true. tried to watch I mean... the highlights again this morning, though. That's That's just an absolute killer. Uh, Lizzie, where were you? What was? How did you watch this game? Oh, so I was working um, at home, but like working with the Anfield Draft, and I was watching it with um, my brother and my dad. And it's funny because um, 
the way that we work, uh, we do like a live commentary on this app called Hot Mic, and it's mm. essentially like an alternative. So if you're bored or not entirely, which a lot of people are, listen to us chat while we call the referee all sorts. Uh, but the funny thing is, is it's like without going too technical, uh, the I have to listen to them, but they are t- they're ten seconds ahead of what I'm watching. Oh no. <laughs> um and 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 so as i tell them like a really bad producer but like they, they know they know and i say to them if there's any emergencies like text me but i'll be checking in like every two to three minutes i'll put an earphone in you know and i put the earphone in at the the, the point of allison's first mistake and it was like and, and it was just i just heard this oh noise and i was like oh my god what's going on what's going on and it was one also like i put my earphone down and i'm staring at the screen and my dad and my brother are like what's happened what's happened and i'm like i'm just saying oh no i don't know and then and then it happens and our lovely yeah. gorgeous amazing goalie the best goalie in the world you know as an off day and it's heartbreaking it, it it's what kills us i don't i don't well a kind of similar experience in that my stream was uh like a minute or so behind as well and i just saw i kept seeing my phone just flashing and normally i put it away during the game for that exact experience but i just couldn't help it and i just caught this out my peripheral saying what has the keeper done and then for like a whole minute i'm just hoping that it goes down the other end and, and they're talking about edison but yeah not to be uh purds talk us through your your sunday afternoon yeah i was on my own i always zoom call my dad so we did that again and i always record it as well just in case something crazy happens which (laughs) it hasn't this season yet so usually we're chatting through the whole thing but when the second goal went in i think we sat there in silence for about 40 minutes which was just depressing (laughs) so not great not great um so Perz, I'm, I'm sticking with you here. So this was the first Man City win at Anfield in the Premier League since. Do you know when? 2003. It was 2003. And how, how old were you? Yeah. Were you even <laughs> how born? Old were you? Well, this is yeah, it. I'll let you guess. How old was I in 2003? <laughs> uh, six months. Uh, oh, that's hard. <laughs> I'm going to work out how old I was and then knock it off. So I think you were probably about four. And the last guess. No, because he was born. He was he was alive. I remember for the for yeah. Istanbul. So I'm going to say you were about eight or nine in 2003. Emma is correct. I was four. Yes. Four. Yeah, not six months and not nine. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I got my maths all wrong there. Uh, can you name? Uh, can you name any? Well, it was two one to City that day. Can you name either of the goal scorers? Because the person for City scored scored twice. I think Anyone I heard remember this? Anelka yesterday was mentioned. Anelka did score but both. I wouldn't of, have got uh, that. Both of City's goals. Okay. Liverpool's goal was, of course, Milan Barros. So, there you go. Yeah, times well. have changed a bit <laughs> since then. And uh, just for Emma, he didn't come on, but Salif Diao was on the bench that day. Yes! Well. <laughs> Salif! There you go. Uh, Lizzie, you probably don't know this, but Emma is a huge Salif Diao stan for some reason. It, there, there was what? a whole story. I'll, I'll quickly okay. fill you in. <laughs> Basically, when I was a kid, uh, I grew up in Germany and there, I used to get these local magazines. And for like five weeks, the only poster that had come out of the magazine was Salif Jal. So I had Salif Jal basically on a poster in my bedroom for like two years. Oh, it was like the only you, poster I could get hold of. You must be living in heaven with this football team if you could have <laughs> been your football idol, you know. Honestly, you don't know how good you've got it now, do you? Yeah. I know. But when you grew up and like the first team you properly follow is like those are always going to be like the proper idols. And that, no matter how bad Salif Jal actually is in your head, he's, I guess he's just got that, he's, that special he's, place. He's now, still... Still Salif Jal, yeah. He will always be exactly. Salif. He'll always be Salif. 
Uh, all right, we will get into the game proper, but first we're just going to do a little dance for capitalism and we've got an ad break <laughs> and we'll be back in 30 seconds. Support for the Gig Press podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in below-the-waist grooming. That's right, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And on the Gig Press, we have an exclusive offer for listeners that's 20% off, plus free shipping with the code 90min20 at manscaped.com. So Manscaped has created the best-in-class ball hair trimmer ever. Yep, that's right, I said ball hair trimmer. It is the Lawnmower 3.0, which features cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Ouch, thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for more precise shave and is waterproof. So, you know, you can take it in the shower. Don't use the same trimmer you use on your face as on your balls. Come on, that's just not cool, is it? The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. So yeah, trim your junk, get 20% off, plus free shipping with the code 90min20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, plus free shipping with the code 90min and the number 20 at manscaped.com. Okay, now back to the episode. Uh, all right, so um, Lizzie, I'm throwing this straight to you. Any blame on Alison after that? I mean, it was mental, but he'll bounce right back from that, won't he? Yeah, Please the blame is the blame. The blame is on Alison. Like, I think I, it's hard because I feel like City played really well anyway, um, and I think they would have grown into the game eventually. Yeah. But the blame is on Alison. Like that. That doesn't that doesn't happen without him making those mistakes and and this doing it once is you know it is what it is but doing it twice is unforgivable and like the the last one i feel a bit harsh i mean he could do a lot better he drops to his knees instead of making himself tall um mm. which is first but at that point you can see where his head is it's gone his head's gone his head was completely gone and i think like it doesn't help that. I think it, it's all sort of in conjunction. I think Fabinho had a poor game. I think he really struggled at centre-half. Yeah, and did. I think coming back from injury or whether he's just blagging it because he wants to get back in midfield, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I don't think it helps like not having the security of two natural centre-halves in front. Yet if you're going to play out from the back, you want two natural centre-halves. So you can you can clear the lines a bit better. You don't make rash decisions and, and, and give away penalties in the box. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I think it was a product of not having centre halves a little bit, but also like the keeper is going to make a mistake someday. He hasn't. He hasn't cost us point. He hasn't done anything like that since Leicester away about two, three seasons ago, whenever it was. I can't remember. And mm. he saved us more points and gained us more points than he's lost us. And I wouldn't swap him for anyone in the world. Yeah, it's not really a, a carious Adrian situation where you feel like he's not going to come back from this, or the the, the fans are going to turn against him. Uh, Emma, what did you make of Klopp's cold feet comment after the game? Is that just, I mean, it was kind of a throwaway line when you listen to the to the whole thing, but um, obviously rival fans are going to pick up on that and it turned into the headline after the game. I mean, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think Klopp does this thing where he tries to kind of uh, rationalise or normalise kind of how you would think as a fan. So if you're watching that, you're thinking, how the hell has he managed to do that? So Klopp kind of expresses that in these weird ways where he says, like, I don't know, maybe he's got cold feet. And he means it like as a genuine joke, I think. But yeah. I just think that, yeah, the demeanour in which he says it with 
doesn't help um and he probably does it far too often to the point now where it's become a bit of a running joke that Klopp has an excuse for everything so it was just really bad timing and it probably wasn't the timing for Klopp to kind of you know say a throwaway comment like that because people are just going to jump on it but um I, yeah I just think it was his way of expressing his kind of disbelief that he knows Alisson's the best goalkeeper in the world we know Alisson's the best goalkeeper in the world but as Lizzie said He's a human being. He's a footballer. Mistakes are going to happen. It was just unfortunate that it happened in such a high-profile game and such a, a big game that that could, you know, prove pretty costly for the season. Mm. Uh, even without those mistakes, I mean, there was a feeling, as, as Lizzie just touched on, that, that City were growing into that game, particularly in the second half. I mean, F- Phil Foden in particular was on another level. Uh, Perds. I mean, were you having them to win that game anyway? I mean, after Liverpool got the... Uh, got Salah's penalty back into it, I still felt like it was always going to be City's to win. Well, actually, yeah. When we scored the penalty, I like sat up, leant forward and like, yeah, this is it. But then City just straight on the ball again, coming at us. And it was like, if we get a draw here, it's a miracle. We just we just lacked basically everything to win a football game yesterday. And look, Foden and even Gundogan, after missing a penalty again at Anfield, uh, shows up and scores twice. So, you know, what can we do? We're in the worst run of form potentially in my lifetime, uh, which isn't long. Um, and they're in one of the best. <laughs> it's been a lot worse. We've had Paul Koncheski, we've had Roy Hodgson. I think we need to add a bit of context that, listen, we're Absolutely. fighting for top four. I know. We're still in the Champions League. Like, honest to God, we're not getting relegated. I'm telling oh, you no. now, yeah. if, this is a, if this is a slump, if this is the worst form of your life, I'll take it all day. Yeah. You, you're just yeah. being dramatic, aren't you, Ferds? Of course, just, yeah. Just I, just want, I want the clicks. That was the that was the question <laughs> on Twitter I was going for. All about those clicks. <laughs> He's had a good life so far, all seven years of it so far, Perds. <laughs> um, the other talking point from Liverpool's perspective was the Mohamed Salah penalty. Was it a pen, do we think? Or was it an insult to Nobby Styles and the game he loved? You know, is that, <laughs> <laughs> is that Tony Cascarino column said? <laughs> I mean, it, it was, wasn't it? I mean, there's there's contact there. He went down. It might not be, you know, the most palatable part of the game anymore, but that's how it is, isn't it? That's 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 a penalty. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a penalty. I think it's just the thing which kind of annoys me a little bit is that when Salah, I remember his first season at Liverpool, he was like there were so many challenges where he wasn't getting penalty decisions. So mm. he's obviously been told since then, right, you need to start going down, which he has done. And then we've started getting penalties. So I'm like, absolutely fair play. But he's kind of gone from one extreme to the other, where he <laughs> makes it so obvious that he's going down, that it's so theatrical that I'm kind of like, all right, just calm down, lad. Yeah, like, just chill a little just, bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it was a penalty. I Do I think he made a meal of it? Absolutely. But I don't blame him for that. Yeah, I think the problem was that when he was isolated with Diaz there, you saw he was able to take him on and he got that penalty, but there just wasn't anywhere near enough of that that incision or that energy in attack. I mean, they look tired, but also they're they're lacking confidence, Lizzie, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I I think so. And people won't want to hear this, but I'm telling you now, it is a thing that the centre-half injuries are knocking on to the team because the front three can't attack with pace because they haven't got a pacey midfield behind them because the pacey midfield does a play in a centre-half because the pacey centre-halves are injured. So all of a sudden, all this... Oh, and they can't get service from the pacey full-backs because they're further back to protect the centre-halves that aren't centre-halves. Now, if people who don't watch Liverpool minute by minute can't see that, then I can't help them. I cannot help them because... It's a balance. It's a balance act, and at the minute our scales are tipped, are completely tipped. 
And listen, it doesn't surprise me that Liverpool are where they are without a spine. You take away the spine of a football team and you crumble. God, Man City yeah. had one defender missing last season and apparently they imploded. We've lost our spine. And you can I don't care about whether you say, oh, Fabinho's playing a centre-back, he's still playing. He's out of position. Thiago was not signed to play in a rotating midfield of Oxlade-Chamberlain, Shaqiri, James Milner, Gigi Wijnaldum. As much as I love the ball, he was not signed for that intention. He was signed to have Fabinho and Jordan Henderson next to him. And all this blame on Thiago is doing me head in as well. He's not slowing the play down. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a knock-on effect from not having the players that we need and playing people out of positions and other other players overcompensating and then they're losing confidence. And honestly, it's spread throughout the whole team. And I, I'm a bit like, I'm a bit, I'm not Jurgen Klopp, but I'm a bit annoyed that he didn't just risk it. <laughs> I don't, I, I, why didn't he yeah. just risk it and throw, a, yeah. throw one, just one? I thought he'd play for being you there. Why couldn't he have played Kabach? And just stuck Jordan Enson in the midfield. I mean, would I'd rather have lost four one taking a risk like that than not taking a risk at all? Because not taking risks has cost us points over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a fair point because I remember I said on last week's pod that I I didn't think he would play either of the centre backs, and I thought he'd play Henderson and Fabinho at centre back. So I wasn't mm-hmm. surprised by that. But after the first half, at least you think, okay, right, it's probably not working. We need to move Henderson into midfield. So yeah. yeah, like I agree with Lizzie. I I can forgive him for starting the, the you know for starting that way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was when the game developed. I was like, I just don't understand why why we're not changing things here. And I don't know. A few of his substitutions recently have just been a little bit weird. Like bringing off Curtis Jones, I thought he was probably one of the better players. And it was just I don't know. It was just a little bit strange. Particularly with the defenders as well. If you, if he feels that Kabak and Davies aren't aren't ready yet, either physically or tactically or whatever, then you've still got Nathaniel Phillips there, who again is not a perfect option, but at least he's a specialised defender and you can use him there and he's played quite well. Yeah. He's been playing like, well just... with Henderson as well. They start to form a yeah. bit of a partnership and it was like probably the only bit of consistency we've had since like all our defenders yeah. got injured. So, yeah. Uh, Thiago, of course, of course, got his standard yellow card about, uh, about three <laughs> minutes in. Um uh, are we starting to get a little bit worried about his reckless tackling? I mean, he looks like a man who's playing FIFA without realising that X can also tackle, you know? <laughs> it's just a beautiful like version a, of... A lunge. Yeah, it's just a beautiful version of Paul Scholes, really. <laughs> I think he'll um, get used to it, won't he? He, look, he looks, like, livid every time he receives one, so... I, think I, like, he... I like him being a snide, though, you know? I yeah, hope yeah. he doesn't yeah. lose that. But be a clever one. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, he's like Fabinho is very, very clever snide. So is Robertson. That they're, they're they're both of those two are very, very good at shithousery. <laughs> but it's uh, it's like he got that foul uh, that kept him out for a couple of months against Everton, whoever who it was, uh, Richarlison, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Who, who did the tackle? Yeah. And it's like since then he's just come back with a vengeance, like Liam Neeson, just trying to take out everyone else. <laughs> in the just process. wait till the derby. Honestly, God, Richarlison like oh, a bounty on his head. God, God he's going to lose a leg. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I said he, he tackles like somebody who doesn't really know how to play FIFA. One man who definitely does know how to play FIFA is uh, Diogo Jota. Uh, he was top of the FIFA Ultimate Champions leaderboard over the weekend. Perz, I don't really understand what any of this means. Perhaps you can uh, you can take us through. Bas- well, basically, you, you play 30 games in a tournament. And if you win all 30, like you've won it, basically. And he did. So, so. so is he like one of the best FIFA players well, in the it world? Well, it looks like it, yeah. But, you know, I was 64th at one stage in my life. Wow. Yeah, so not That's far actually off. quite impressive. But yeah, thank you, yeah. Considering yeah, you've um, had a very short life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Can he get yeah, off so the I... PlayStation and just play, please? Yeah. Honestly, guys. <laughs> Who, me? Yeah, we need that oh, winning mentality. Yeah. <laughs> get there, turn, turn, turn off. Yeah, Purge on one side, Jota on the other. Uh, Quebec in the centre, definitely. Uh, Emma, if you had to play a Liverpool player from this current team at FIFA, who do you reckon you could beat? John Matip, because he'd get distracted by anything. <laughs> <laughs> Literally anything. I'd play him a YouTube video and he'd be he'd go laughing in the corner for half an hour. So, he'd, yeah, I would smash Joel Matip. Uh, Purds, who are you going for? Who do you reckon you could take? I reckon Trent, because I know I could beat him and the meltdown Ooh. would be hilarious. Ooh. Why do you know you could be at Trent on Twitter? Fight me, not fight me. Play me at FIFA. <laughs> uh, Lizzie, anyone else you reckon you could? I don't know. Are you a FIFA player? Could you take anyone? I'm not, but you know what? I'll take I'll take the pension of James Milner because he'll be too busy cutting his grass uh, probably <laughs> to be playing FIFA. So I, I'll go for the Isle fella. Yeah. Um, all right. Back to the City game then. As much as I don't really want to talk about it, I mean, what went wrong is is pretty clear. But how we get out of it is another matter. Um, Lizzie, from your perspective, what changes sort of need to happen then in the next few games and weeks? We need a stable centre half partnership, and we need to get our midfielder, if not both of them, back to where they belong and set the pace, set the intensity, and set the press. Like it's. And I think Klopp knows that. That's why he's going to sign two centre-offs. Um, I feel like that is a that shows you now that they both need to play or one centre-half needs to start against Leicester. You know, we've got Leipzig away now, which all of a sudden has become the biggest game of our season. Um, <laughs> it's not even away. You know? on, honest to God, it's, um, we, we just need, we need a bit of stability back. And I think having Jordan Henderson in the midfield after captain there to control the game, to marshal the game, will be such a huge thing for this Liverpool team. They need confidence. They need that man back in midfield, just just organising them and telling them what to do and just to give them just to give them a bit of confidence because they're still a boss football team. They just need to they just need yeah. they just need something to turn for them. I mean, we saw in the games against, uh, well, Tottenham, but, but especially West Ham, that the quality is there. OK, maybe they, they're not dealing very well with these things like the low block and, and teams that are, you know have a bit more quality like Man City. But, you know, we saw they, they're still a sort of very capable, very good football team. Emma, what else would you like to see happen, I mean, against Leicester and, and beyond in terms of either personnel changes or, or tactical tweaks? Yeah, I agree with Lizzie. I just want to see some consistency in terms of selection. So, yeah, I'd like to see, you know, a centre-back pairing going forward that just at least get a run of games together. Um, you know, as I said before, I think we started to play quite well when Henderson and Phillips were starting to build a partnership. And then it's just like you, you break that off. I remember sitting in a press conference with Klopp two weeks ago now, maybe, and he was talking about the knock-on effect of having to chop and change centre-backs. And I just think, well, he's aware of it, so do something about it. Um, so, yeah, mm. absolutely consistency in terms of personnel and selection. Um, and maybe maybe the lads need to do a FIFA tournament. Just get them winning games. <laughs> like, they can play me if they want, so that then they just keep winning games, <laughs> so then they can build their confidence up. But, um, hey, well, yeah. Yeah, well, Jota's confidence is already sky high, apparently. So yeah. just get him back on the field as soon get as possible, in. really, with that kind of yeah. confidence. Yeah. Perds, are you are you worried now about not making the top four? Obviously, you are you know twelve years old and you've only ever seen Liverpool mm. like make the top four. Is this like a genuine concern for you now, or are you are you still thinking you know it's it's nailed on this season? Now nailed on, no, but I you know I strongly believe we'll do it. Um, look, you, we've touched on it. It's just we need the confidence back. And there was one moment yesterday where Wijnaldum breaks straight down the middle, and we're like. 
oh my yeah. god, we're in. And then 10 seconds later, Fabinho and Henderson are pissing about with it at the back. And it's like how, if we had confidence, you know, there's one ball and Salah's in, Mane's in, whatever, but it was just so devoid of anything that we just went back and Jones did it a few times and it, we just need that back and we saw it against West Ham and Tottenham. I don't know where it's gone, but we can easily get it back and we've got the quality to do so. There's enough time in the season left for us to make top four. By the way, no. I think I think they need to start playing the Roy the Roy Keane rant from last night in the changing rooms because calling them <laughs> bad champions. Oh, I think if, if you like get that. that playing in the changing rooms, and Jordan Henderson will be he'll have it he'll hurt have me because it's fire. probably right as well. It's yeah, not I mean, right. Give over. It? At it's the moment, not right. Right, I'm being, I want the clicks. Remember. <laughs> okay, we're all. <awful>. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I can tell you that they have 27 points. Well, Liverpool have 27 points fewer than last season, which is technically the biggest drop-off of any top-flight champions in history at this stage. I mean, there's obviously wow. a long way to go, but that doesn't sound great. They're the first team to lose three in a row at home as, you know, defending champions since Chelsea in 1956. So these are obviously kind of worrying stats, but, I mean, the fact that there is such a long way to go, I mean, probably gives you... I mean, confidence maybe is the wrong word, but I mean, there's kind of an expectation there that Liverpool still will turn this around. I mean, right, Emma? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Look, like as Lizzie said, and I, I, I put this out on Twitter, I think last week or week before, I said, like, you don't go from being champions and being such like an elite standard of, of players for the last two, three seasons to then suddenly, you know, not good enough to qualify for the Champions League. The quality is there. The ability is yeah. there. It's just a case of changing the mindset and... I'm sure over the course of the next like three to four months that will come at some point. And I just I just don't think that there, there's going to be enough of a meltdown um, for Liverpool not to qualify for the for the Champions League. And maybe now that, you know, the pressure and the shackles of having to kind of chase yeah. and defend the title yeah. being taken off, it's sort of given them a new focus now. They can go, you know what, it's done, it's dusted. Let's just start again. This is our new focus. This is our priority and, and just go from there. I yeah, I think just for me, especially in the in these home games recently, there has been, as as Perd said, just a lack of urgency and confidence in the final third, where maybe there is there is somebody who breaks forward, Wijnaldum or whoever, and then play stops a little bit. The defending team gets back in position, the ball goes out wide, it's a cross which is headed away, or they pass back again, and just to just find refine that kind of ingenuity of finding their way through a bit quicker in these situations is is what we're going to need. And, I mean, hopefully Leicester is the ideal place uh, to get going again. Uh, we'll take another quick break there. And when we come back, we'll be talking about that game coming up. All right. So Liverpool versus Leicester again away. Is this a better game for Liverpool? There might be more space in behind, like against we saw against West Ham. Perds, what are your thoughts on, on this fixture? Well, look, I hope so. Um, there was a question earlier, will Alisson bounce back? And uh, Lizzie said it was, you know, Leicester away uh, when he last did it, which was four games into his Liverpool career. And he's gone on to win everything and he's the best goalkeeper in the world. So I think he'll get his confidence back and hopefully that bleeds through the team. And I think Klopp will realise that he does need to risk it in this game and push Henderson up, like Emma said. And I think Kabak will start. So I think the new look Liverpool, you know, how we should look, will be back and hopefully we'll win this one. 
Uh, Lizzie, who are you starting in this game, at least from a defensive perspective? So I, I agree there uh, with Pitts because I think as well what you've got to remember is remember when Jurgen Klopp really stressed um, after that Aston Villa game until the United game, he was so excited to go, we finally got nine days, we can train because there's no training, there's just rest, recover. <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah, so you can't try things, you can't get these new lads and, and you know, sort of blood them into the squad. So I, I think he has to sort of play a similar team. I think it's really harsh to drop. Um, I, I, what I think he will do will be Fabinho at centre half with Kabak. I think, Come and on. I think the midfield will be Genie, Henderson, and Thiago. Um, and then the front three will be the front three. I can't really see it being any different. And I feel like these, even though I think like Genie looks knackered, I think Andy Robertson looks knackered. I think these, mm. I think these players need to do it themselves. Do you know what I mean? I feel like they need to do yeah, it yeah. for themselves. They need to be the ones to change it. And I think that's our best team at the moment anyway. Agreed, Emma? It's a tricky one because I do think um, I can understand like Lizzie's reasoning there, but I think I think Klopp might go for Nat Phillips just because he, he knows what, what he's about. And I think, you know, Nat's played quite well in the last couple of games. So I, I think it'll be more likely... That we, we could see Nat Phillips start alongside Fabinho and Henderson in midfield and then perhaps see Kavak come in maybe later on in the game or in the second half. But um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised either way if, it, if it's Phillips or, or Kavak. But I, I do think he will go for at least one actual centre-back in defence this week. Yeah, for sure. The reason I think Kavak, though, is, is Vardy's pace. Like Vardy being back, I just feel yeah, like... Yeah. Nat Phillips probably won't be able to cope with that. Nat Phillips is great in the air, isn't he? Good against your West Ham's and stuff like that. But I think with someone like Jamie Vardy, you need someone who can run. And that's what makes me worry. I mean, I hope to God he doesn't do Henderson again for pace. Like, I really do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about Quebec, but I presume he's quicker than Nat Phillips because I think I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at, at Leicester's form right now. I mean, they've only won one of their last uh, four. I mean, without... Uh, without Vardy, they've struggled a little bit. But I guess he he is back now. Uh, Perds, I guess that is that is the biggest that is the biggest worry, isn't it? I mean that that kind of counter attack pace that they've got there with Vardy, with Madison, with Harvey Barnes. Yeah, and he came in against Wolves um, late on and, and nearly scored. Um, mm. So you can see the impact already. Um, but this is now looking like a must win game in the top four fight because these are basically this is the team we're trying to beat, right? Because Chelsea are breathing down on X as well. So, you know, maybe we... Oh, it's just so difficult. We're going to have to risk it because we can't play Henderson and Fabinho at the back again against Vardy. Uh, yeah, I agree. Personally, I would go with Kabak just because I think... I mean, I mean, I know nothing about the guy, but based <laughs> on the fact that he is highly rated, Twitter's been talking about it for months. His name means Poet Pumpkin. Get him in. Let's, <laughs> let's see what he can do. <laughs> Um, just before we uh, before we finish, then let's get predictions uh, from everyone for this game. Let's start with you, Perds. What are you saying? Leicester versus Liverpool. Come on, give me some optimism here. Two one Liverpool. Nice, I'll take it. <laughs> yes, so will um, I. Yeah. Any 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 verdict on the scorers? Anything like that? Kabak two, and and an own goal. <laughs> and an own goal. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful debut. Uh, Lizzie, what are you saying? I was going to say 2-1, but you know what, let's say 3. 3-1, Liverpool, back with a bang. Mo Salah um, and Sadio Mane is going to find his form again and is going to get two. Yes, please. Emma, make it a clean sweep. 
Okay. Um, okay, let's do it. Say, because I'm say on... with confidence, Emma, and it'll come. Yeah. You'll pull it out. I'm having one of those. Yeah, edit out. I'm having one of those positivity Mondays. So yeah, three um, one Liverpool, like Lizzie said, and I agree. I think Sadio Mane is gonna gonna have a good game because I just think he's going to show that space. Lovely. All right, I will also keep up the positivity. I'm gonna say two 0 to Liverpool. Um, yeah. All right then. I think clean sheet i mean yeah remember them well (laughs) (laughs) remember clean sheets and defenders (laughs) um i think that's all we've got time for uh this week thank you so much for listening if you can please drop us a review it would be very much appreciated that's gagan press podcast uh subscribe if you haven't already and you've enjoyed what you heard uh we'll be back next week to hopefully talk through that wonderful clean sheet uh, but in the meantime, it's goodbye from me, Andrew Hedgespeth. Goodbye, Alex Purdy. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Lizzie Doyle. Say Bye. goodbye. And goodbye from Emma Sanders. Have a good day, everyone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.